0: Are you stuck in a rat race of schedules, to-do lists, and other people's priorities? Maybe you can't even remember when the last time you felt fully engaged with your body, your mind, and your surroundings. If this resonates with you, then you are in the right place. I am Susan Sanders, and I'm here to teach you about sustainable productivity. Each week, I'll be coming to your ears with lessons to create a life that you can fully engage with. Some weeks will be bite-sized moments of inspiration and sharing. Other weeks will include guests and more in-depth looks at doing the right things in a way that you can maintain over time. Let's get started. Let's talk about how exercise fits into a sustainably productive life. Exercise is a component of the health and fitness pillar, and I would wage a bet that most people today know they should exercise. This science is well-documented to show us all the ways that exercise can help improve our quality and quantity of life. Here are the major areas. Improved cardiovascular function, reduced risk of heart disease, prevention of high blood pressure, prevention of diabetes, improved cholesterol profile, that's your HDLs, LDLs, and the total cholesterol, improve bone mass, improve weight control, helps manage arthritis, It also boosts immunity and is linked to cancer prevention. This means exercise can help increase the quantity of your life, but wait, there's more. Exercise can also help increase the quality of your life. Improved mental health and stress management are two benefits. Physical activity unlocks biochemical responses that can actually change your mood. But besides the endorphin rushes that unleash positive energy and restoration, the sense of accomplishment enhances not just your self-esteem, but your self-efficacy. That's the belief that your efforts can improve your life. So exercise can help you live longer and mentally feel better, but wait, there's more. You can also physically feel better. And you can do that by improving your fitness components. The first fitness component is cardiovascular fitness. This is the ability of the heart, lungs, and blood vessels to supply oxygen to muscles during physical activity and rest. So the practical application here, can you keep up with the rest of the family when you're on vacation, hiking in the woods, for example? The second fitness component is flexibility. This is the measure of range of motion at a particular joint. So the practical application here, can you reach into the back seat to grab your phone that slid under the seat? Or how tight is your back in the morning when you're fresh out of bed? The third fitness component is muscular strength. That's the amount of force that a muscle is capable of exerting. So practical application on this one, I can't be the only one that does not want to make two trips with the groceries, right? The stronger you are, the easier carrying the bags will be. Number four is muscular endurance. This is the muscle's ability to exert force repeatedly without fatiguing. So the practical application here is can you shop or sightsee all day or do you need to take frequent breaks to rest? And the last component of fitness is body composition. This is the relative amount of fat to fat-free mass. So the practical application on this one is that sure, we do need some body fat to store vitamins and protect our internal organs, but exercise also helps build up fat-free mass like muscles and bone that are much more helpful to us in daily life. This is not where I tell you how easy it is to start exercise, just run out the door. All you need is shoes, but That's fine. But what if you hate running or like me, you physically can't run anymore per doctor's orders. There is a such thing as too much of a good thing. So I want to share a little bit about my story here. I played basketball through college, then switched to endurance events, triathlon and marathon. And recently, my doctor, the surgeon, he said that with the damage that I've already done with how my body is built, if I want to hike and walk with a dog when I'm in my 80s, I need to knock it off with the running now. I was really panicked at first. I even cried in the doctor's office. And then my husband said, why are you crying? You don't like to run and no offense, but you're not good at it. So that that was a truth bomb. (laughs) And once the sting of that went away, I realized that he was right. Now, I haven't told him he's right, but he was right. Running was not sustainable for me. I was running because I thought I should. I thought the longer the race I did, the more people would admire me for my work ethic and bravery. And I was just hoping that they didn't catch on, that I did not know how to not run. My insides did not match up my outsides. Now, I also liked running because I could eat more on days when I ran. And this gets us to the heart of what I want you to consider about how exercise fits into sustainable productivity. I'm challenging you to detach your thoughts about exercise from your thoughts about weight loss. Decouple fitness from weight loss. Exercise can do so much more than help you lose weight. It can boost your blood chemistry and your bone density. It can smash a bad mood or your risk of diabetes. When you are mapping out how exercise helps to create a sustainable you, consider how exercise makes you feel. Consider how moving your body helps you match up your inner and outer selves. We'll look at some practical ways to do that when we come right back. This break is brought to you by you. Thank you for hitting play on this episode. I know you have so many choices of podcasts, and I appreciate you listening to this one. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, share, and leave a five-star review. The more you share the messages about sustainable productivity, the more we can create a world where we are all more engaged in our lives. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. On to the practical piece. Because one of my missions of the Sustainable Productivity Podcast is to match theory with practice. Real habit change is based in science and research, not just anecdotal advice. Although I will share from my life as well, these are more examples than directive. But before the break, we talked about the science, so now what we're gonna do is talk about strategy. Because there are three dimensions of sustainable productivity, I teach about habit change from a perspective that includes all three. The first dimension of sustainable productivity is health and fitness and one recommended adjustment for exercise is to moderate your effort. You don't have to bury the needle into the dash on any exercise session, let alone every exercise session. Leave some on the table during every time you work out. While we all love a good training montage, think Rocky 4 when he runs in the snow in Siberia and does crunches off the barn loft. Those are great, but Right now, I want you to not empty the proverbial tank during every exercise session. Pain is a reason many people dislike working out. Going all out the whole time isn't fun and is often a deterrent. The second dimension of sustainable productivity is mental well being. And one recommended adjustment for exercise here is to notice what is fun. Do you like to dance on your own or learning dances from an instructor? Do you like to exercise in nature or inside? If you hate it, why do you hate it? People, heat, bugs, you will make adjustments. So just write down what you don't like. This way you can make adjustments that are specific and actually helpful for you. For example, maybe you don't like walking in the morning because the sun's in your eyes. If you write that down, when you go to make your adjustments, you can walk a different route instead of not walking at all. The third dimension of sustainable productivity is environmental surroundings. And one recommended adjustment for exercise is to accept that willpower is garbage. It's a myth. Everyone is motivated when things are shiny and new. And this is not the last time you're going to hear this about willpower. It's sort of a soapbox issue for me. Forget willpower. To create a sustainable you, you need to set your environment up to support your habits. And one way to do that is to set your gear out the night before. So for example, if you plan to swim in the morning, set out your cap and goggles and swimsuit the night before. And speaking of gear, this is sort of a bonus tip. If you don't already have it, don't invest in equipment. Use what you have to do what you want for now. The goal for now is to establish a habit of regular exercise and find what you love. Or maybe the goal is to find what's tolerable. But the basic idea is once you decide what you're going to continue, then you can buy gadgets, gear, and upgrades. These are just a few research-based suggestions. If you have found something that works for you, comment in the post for this episode, or you can reach out to me at susan at sustainablesue.com. I'd love to hear how you made adjustments to create productive results in a sustainable way. You have just listened to the Sustainable Productivity Podcast. If you liked what you heard, you might like what you read. Come to sustainablesue.com to read more and subscribe to have the weekly message sent to your inbox. You can also get show notes, including links to things discussed in the episode there. Sustainablesue.com. Consider sharing this episode with a friend. The more you share the message about sustainable productivity, the more we can create a world where we are all more engaged in our lives. Keep going, friends. As Devin Durant says, small efforts sustained over time can produce significant results. Have a good week.